ESPN Lafayette, the best ticket in sports. Great Scott! The Great Scott Show. And as they head into the final furlong, all of the other radio stations and radio hosts are left in the wake of a keen turn of speed by the Great Scott Show, the champion! With Scott Prather. Steal the show. Welcome into the Great Scott Show on a Give Me All You Got Friday. Ah, at last, the NFL season kicked off last night. It was it was just beautiful to see real, authentic, regular season NFL football on the TV. It was a wonderful thing. We got a lot to get into. We'll talk Bills, Rams. We'll talk Saints. Now becoming a trendy Super Bowl pick. What? Where did that come from? We will, uh, and I'm sure Gus will have plenty to say about that. We will uh, get into Falcons Hate Week, uh, LSU Southern, UL and Eastern Michigan, and you will be honoring the 2011 team on Saturday night. Remember how that season ended? The walk-off Brett Bear field goal in the New Orleans Bowl. Brett Bear going to join me this morning at 8 o'clock to reminisce a little bit. We'll be giving away some Twin Peaks gift cards at some point during the show this morning, so just keep it locked in. It's a Give Me All You Got Friday, and joining me live from NOLA, on the hotline is the host of the Sports Hangover, Mr. Gus Kattengill, friend of the program, friend of mine. Gus, uh, your your show for years has been called the Sports Hangover. Uh, would you describe uh, last night's game as a Super Bowl hangover for the Rams or just a beatdown by the Bills? Well, first off, Scott, good morning. Secondly, I think Saints fans, at least around in this area, enjoyed the beating. I don't think anybody felt sorry for little Sean McVay, the greatest offensive mind football has ever known. Right. Oh, my God. Um, I mean, his work ethic, Gus. No, it's unbelievable. Again, clearly he did not put in enough passion in that game plan to get ready. I think two things really kind of stood out. you know, and one could be you never know. Look, obviously they made a point to say it in the broadcast. They didn't really play anybody in the preseason, that could have been an issue. I think the second thing that I saw, uh, you saw the speed level, right? And you can see there's a difference, Scott, between anything that we saw in preseason and what we saw in that field, especially that first half, first quarter. You saw, you know, the speed and how good those two teams are and, and the capability that the Rams can be still very good. You have Aaron Donald be able, you know, he gets a stack early in that quarter, and then you see how Stuart Cooper Cup can do. I would say the one thing I took out of that game more than anything else is, look, Stafford can still sling it. Cup's still good. You still have the genius of McVay. Allen, you know, there's a reason he's an MVP candidate. Accurate, moving, scrambling, chunking it. They got weapons. So both teams are going to be able to score and I think move the ball down the field. But you know the one thing that neither did have? Josh Allen was the leading rusher for the Bills, and this morning one of the you know storylines the lack of yards rushing by a Rams back. Neither of them have Alvin Kamara, <laughs> and you know he spoke this week, Scott, about how you know refreshed he looks. A reporter asked him, "Is he faster?" I've been telling you the guy has been 
not only an afterthought at training camp, but he looks amazing. And we saw in that one drive in preseason that we got to see him, how quick he looked through the line, through the hole. I mean, just looks different, right? Doesn't he, Scott? He looks better and faster than every back that the Saints have. And that's the thing to me that I've been you know, saying on your show and when you come on mine, that I think that is going to be a difference. The last two years, he's been injured, banged up, and has had to face things that, you know, he hadn't before. And it's not just the injury thing. That comes from being used so much, and that comes from just the constant, you know, boxes being stacked, Devin White just hanging out all day waiting for him. I mean, Alvin Kamara the last two years has gotten hit behind the line of scrimmage on screen passes more than he had in his career. And it's because there's nobody feared the receivers or – the quarterback and things of that nature. That's not going to happen, Scott. You saw it almost felt like flag football watching that game yesterday, right? The amount of passing, and again, Josh Allen being the leading rusher for Buffalo, but because you had so much space, when you can spread the football field and you have the, here's the key, threat of that vertical throw, which is what Josh Allen absolutely does, you cannot stay close to the line of scrimmage. And you saw that he was able to scramble and rush and gain yards because there's nobody there. Well, instead of Josh Allen doing it, Scott, imagine if that's Alvin Kamara. And, and I think listening to Pete Carmichael this week, you, you hear him say, it's like, look, I have you know, my philosophies and stuff like that. I'm not going to change them compared to Sean, but like, we have different personnel. Sean Payton, it's been years, right? I mean, maybe Sproles back in the day or something like that where you had a complement of receivers and a capable tight end. Again, I don't need the tight end to be, you know, Tony Gonzalez Hall of Famer, you know, Travis Kelsey. I, I need him to catch the ball. Can you catch the ball when we throw it to you to keep the defense honest? That, that's what I need. Same thing with the fullback. I don't need him to be the greatest fullback in the history of the NFL. I'm going to give you a carry. I'm going to sneak a, a pass to you. You know, back in the day, that's what Sean did. And that's what I took out of that game yesterday. Yeah, the, the Bills are worth every bit of the hype. You just said that. And, but looking at that, I'm like, that's what this offense can be. Now, Josh Allen's humming. They were playing well yesterday. And it's why I said, Scott, I think this year the Saints will make strides, win the division, show you what they can do. I think next year is what I said, another year with everybody together and playing a year under their belt with Jameis if he can go the entire season. Dude, you may be seeing them being contender because, again, they have the one thing that neither of those teams have. That is a super back, a guy that you can throw the football to, a guy that can run as well, but – I don't know. I maybe my my head is no, no. I, I, actually, no. I, I, we like, we mm. like to rib each other, but I'm I'm with you. Yeah. I mean, look, I have the Saints winning the division as well. I do think they're probably a year away if things go right this year. But on the flip side, sure. you know, the AFC is stacked. The NFC is oh. wide open. You know, and there yeah. are there are probably five AFC teams that on paper are just have a better roster than anyone in the NFC. And when you look at, yeah. at rosters in the NFC, the Saints have one of the stronger rosters overall. Um, and, and I, I, you know, they look, there's still aspects of the team that I'm concerned about, and that's going to be true every year no matter what. But some years it's a few and some years it's a ton. And this year it's a few, and that's a good thing. I think, you know, you look at the Bills. 
I mean, they were the trendy pick. They were my pick to win the Super Bowl. Yes, I wasn't, you know, really unordinary in that. I mean, a lot of people did it. Mm-hmm. But last night, you know, you try not to overreact to one game. Uh, but the Bills, they, you know, I think when it comes to the Bills, you're not overreacting to one game. You're, you're using a uh, basically, you know, a catalog of the last couple of years. And then sure. you saw more of it last night. I mean, the Bills haven't punted for six consecutive regular season. Well, six consecutive games if you want to go back to the playoffs. Six straight games, not not preseason games, real games. They haven't punted because, wow. you know, and even though Allen turned it over, I mean, those throws were in tight spaces that the DBs were on the receivers, the receivers couldn't reel it in. Okay. I mean, he they, they, the turnovers didn't even matter last night because they were so dominant. The one, the one like, I guess, concern for the Bills is the double-edged sword of Josh Allen. You know, he, he's, I mean, he's a beast. He's that dude, but when he runs, it's not the guy that's tackling oh. him. It's not the guy that's tackling him. I mean, that stiff arm was was disrespectful in that thing. It's right. the guys coming, you know, if a guy slows you down or wraps you up, it's the other guys coming yeah, from behind. You know, that at some point you don't want to take that away, but when when you're as an OC calling quarterback runs when your team's up no, by three that. scores, that's, that's dumb, <laughs> right? That's the, so that's it's fireable. like, he's amazing. And yet it's terrifying. Yeah. And so that yeah. to me is really the one thing that could, you know, cause without Josh Allen, they're, they're, they're not a contender. I mean, he's that good uh, with them. They're, they're arguably that, you know, they are the team to beat in the NFL uh, and their schedule. Look, they've got a lot of big matchups against teams that a lot of people are expecting to be in the playoffs. So for years of being sort of in the NFL Siberia and being a forgotten about franchise since, you know, since the music city miracle up until just a couple of years ago, when they finally made the playoffs again, and Tyrod Taylor was the quarterback, you know, between 99 and, 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 and 2017, they were, they were one of those teams you didn't even think about. And now, you know, everybody's kind of following them. Everybody's watching them, and they've they've earned that. Uh, the Rams—they look sloppy. I think the, the you know you try not to overreact. If you're the Rams, your concern is is Matt Stafford's elbow. The release looked a little funny. It looked a little off, and their offensive line looked terrible. Um, but let's 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 get into let's get into Falcons hate week for a moment. Um, the Falcons, I think, are going to be one of the worst teams in the NFC. Their roster, they're 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 good at tight end. Um, they're good at cornerback. I'll give them that. They are. They're good at kicker. Uh, they're not very good anywhere else, Gus, in terms of personnel. Uh, the Saints are, you know, I think that the, the Falcons haven't beat a tight end in terms of personnel. If you want to, if you want to argue with me that a cornerback gets a wash, okay, I'll hear the argument. I may not agree with it, but if you try to tell me anywhere else that they're, they're considerably better, I, I I'm going to laugh at you. I mean, they're not. And yet, it's it, there's a familiarity. It's a rivalry. It's week one. Week one, weird things always happen. Um, what happens on Sunday at the at Mercedes-Benz Stadium in Atlanta? Yeah, I think, Scott, it's kind of what you see yesterday uh, in that game, right? I mean, you saw the Rams have some success. And, and the guys that were billed were, you know, were good. And you saw some plays, and they had some opportunities. And I think you will see that. But, I mean... Look, Marcus Mariota, uh, Marietta is you know, like his first real start with those group of players and that team. So, I mean, I guess you can, you know, it's like the FSU-LSU game. Well, you know, they don't have film on them. It'll be advantage. Like, yeah, at the end of the day, 
you got to have guys that can make plays and, more importantly, you know, execute. So I, I do think it's a tall task in order for them because they are facing a team in New Orleans defensively, even though with two new safeties, that, you know, I've played well together and know the defense and understand and May and Matthew are, are veterans. You know, these aren't rookies that didn't understand what they're doing. And even that said, I mean, Paul Smith-Evil last year as a rookie, you couldn't keep him out. Only thing apparently going to keep him out of playing games is, just, you know, injury, man, this ankle injury they suffered at practice um, before the Chargers game, uh, which stinks. But you got Bradley Roby who led the secondary in interceptions in training camp. Gus, it's practice. I understand, but isn't that what you base some of your decisions on? Like, I had six interceptions this year. Um, going into it, he just looks good. He looks more comfortable. He's a vet, and let's remember that's a player Sean Payton traded for, thinking he would be his starting second cornerback. So if he's the guy that has to come in while Paulson Zadivo, you know, ankle gets better, yeah, I'm good with that. The, the Falcons don't have – I don't know what Drake London's going to be like. He's limited. He has a knee injury. You know, if you're Atlanta, are, are you pushing him to play on Sunday, considering he's literally your only receiver – that you've invested in. He's a high first-round draft pick. He went before, you know, Chris Olave. So um, I think that could be an interesting notion. I just think at the end of the day, you probably see what you saw yesterday. Close game in that first quarter, a player to be made. And, and you know, Scott texted me, I told you. And then I'm going to text Scott around the third quarter, I told you, when they start opening up the game. Because at the end of the day, it goes with what we started this morning's conversation with. Bill's like... The Saints have weapons. The quarterbacks just gotta, you know. They just don't do have the quarterback. Job. I mean, no disrespect to right. Jameis, well, but he ain't, he ain't Josh Allen. See, I mean, come I, on. I was ready. I was ready for you this morning because what I was going to come back with, because you don't buy it for me, you have to see it to believe it. And in your eyes, it's the next five years. It can't be a good game or two because you'll come back the next week and say, well, well can he do it again, Gus? Can he do it against the good defense? Yes, all I said, all I said was Jameis Winston's not Josh Allen. I mean, come on, that's that's not that's not a hot I'm just saying I'm prepared for whatever Jameis does. You will come back with, but can he do it in space with Snoopy being the astronaut? And there's a comment coming. (laughs) I'm prepared for that. Okay. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. Right. Say, I'm, gl- I'm glad you're prepared. I mean, I, I'm, I'm glad you're prepared I, for me to I'm, say that, that he ain't Josh I, Allen. That's all. I mean, it's I, not a, I'm prepared. I didn't say it was Josh Allen, but I said. I know. You just came at me for weapons, saying that. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's a lot of weapons. To, you know, look, this is what you saw the podcast or at least the clips. I wa- no, I listened to the whole thing. I listened to the Trust June. Levels podcast with Mark yes. Ingram, Cam Jordan, um, and guest Jameis Winston. I think the thing that really stood out to me in that entire podcast, Scott, is the relationship he has on this team with some of the the voices. I mean, you would call Mark Ingram still a voice, right? Yeah, Um, him and Cam Jordan, two of the the, the locker room voices, no doubt. Yeah. So when you see the respect level, and, you know, obviously the first clip they released was, how is your Madden rating that low? Then – they talk about him eating the W and then a, a more serious clip they released about him talking about maturing and how the focus is the Lombardi trophy, not anything else. And the highs and lows of being a first round draft pick, winning a championship in college. And then 
you know, and he admitted it. It, 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 it had to sting. And you and I talked about this, you know, last year when Brady or the year before that had won it. It had to sting. It's like it stings seeing your teammates and your friends winning a Super Bowl. And you couldn't bring that to them. I love that, though. I love that, though. It's what my little kindergartner's learning, you know, and you know this from having a couple older kids. You know, failure is not a bad thing, Scott, because it makes you, as he said in that podcast, hungry. makes you appreciate what what it takes and you want it. And, and I want you to want it. And, you know, same thing I tell my little guy when, um, you know, they got a little treasure chest or something in school that you rewarded for good behavior. You get a certain number of stars every day. You get to pick stuff out of it. And he was down when he got his first smiley face. Um, and, and, and for, you know, all intents and purposes, he hasn't got one since. You know, we told him no dinner if he got one. But anyway, <laughs> he, um, but he earned it, and, and he was so happy and proud, dude, that he got like a little slinky or something out of the treasure chest for good behavior, good work week, and all that. But, you know, to a different level, I loved hearing that from Jameis Winston and seeing that because he's being honest. He's being real. It's not – um, and again, it's, it's, it's no disrespect to Sean or Drew or what they did. I think the Saints players absolutely respected him. They saw what he did. He absolutely thought about the team and the city and all that. I just see a different vibe, feel, and this team has for its quarterback. It, it's almost like he's one of them. And it's for them and they're for him. Like, man, you you walk around the locker room and, you know, just kind of mentioned before the, the quarter starts rolling and, you know, the photographers are turning their lights on and getting white balance and stuff. Like, they legitimately want him to succeed. Like, they're angry that people think this guy is a bum and, and all this stuff. And, you know, the fourth clip they released, here you go, Scott. He's diagramming stuff. You know, it's like... His favorite, it was his favorite play. He was diagramming his favorite play. Yeah. Well, here we go. There it is. See, I told you I'm ready for it. If I tell you he's diagramming and knows the offense, you're going to tell me it's one. No, I didn't mean that. No, 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 no. Stop it. I didn't mean it like that. I didn't mean it like that. I was just pointing it out. It was a cool moment. He was explaining why it was his favorite play. And and he, he, you know, he pointed out it depends on when, right, what, what, what's happening in the game, but he explained why he likes mm-hmm. it because of all the different options. And then he started putting in the different players and the formations of yes. what's available and the yes. key to play Scott. action and why Scott. play action is key. It was great. Did you get the goosebumps? No, Did no, but I thought it was bump. cool. I didn't get the free Oh, uh, you see? You see? Now, if that had been Drew Brees, it'd be like, look at him. He's great. No, if it would have been Drew Brees, it would have been like, man, he, he, he explained <laughs> it fine, but it, it needs to be more entertaining, you know, explaining it because <laughs> exactly. he went on TV and no, it but, was like, come on, Drew, you got you to gotta do better than that. Give me the something. Point is, the point is what you just said, though. It's like, what, what, what do you need your quarterback to do? And at this level, if you want him to be a guy that can take you where you want to go. You know, you can't have a guy that – you have to have skills. You have to have skills. The guy can throw the ball deep. Sure, you know, we go back and forth whether or not he's accurate and anything like that. I mean, look, I, those are things that that's maybe not a song street or, 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 you know, what he can do right now, whatever. But, man, can you, can you read the defense? You, you've heard me say that to you several times when I come on your show. I need Jameis Winston to read the defense, deliver it to the best one-on-one matchup, and let the guys do what they do. Like, that's what I need him to do because that's how I think this offense is, is that good. I legitimately do. Like, 
There, there isn't this, I need him to make plays. Yes, you're going to win a game under duress. Not everything's going to go right. You know, the, the, the pass that he threw to Landry um, in that preseason game when he got hit, when Petting got beat, yeah, that's making a play. But, again, that's what he's capable of doing. But what I'm saying is, for the most part, if that guy can just do what he did in that clip of just diagnosing, diagramming, but more importantly, understanding the concept and why that play can do five different things out of that formation with different personnel and how you plan on attacking it. Because what did make Drew Brees great and what does make Josh Allen currently great and all these quarterbacks that are, you know, MVP candidates, Aaron, all these guys, they beat you before the ball is snapped, Scott. And the NFL's too fast, man. And like I said, when we started this conversation, you saw the speed and how much faster that game was yesterday than anything you saw in preseason. I mean, it's a different level, man. The Bills, defense, like, you don't have time to sit back there and go, oh, I wonder if that guy is open or not. That just, that, that, that can't happen. And, under, and having a guy that, again, is that in tune with the offense, I think should relax some Saints fans of, oh, you know, Pete Carmichael, goes, he, you know, can he laminate a play sheet and know what to call? I mean, it, it, you have a quarterback that gets it. I think you're seeing that people have that respect and, and understanding that Pete also gets it. Dennis Allen this week, guy's very smart. You've heard several players go, no, he's got his own voice, man. He's, you know, he's got his own thing. And it's what I've been telling you based off of my eyes. At practice, more eye formations, more, you know, emphasis on the run. And it goes back to what I said at the beginning of our conversation. They don't, neither of those teams have an Alvin Kamara being able to run the football. You know, you beat a team that has an explosive quarterback in offense, sit them down on the bench, 10 play drives, nine minute, you know, drives, things of that nature. The Saints will be capable of doing that, I think, when it all gets to work. That line stays intact. But that's what's exciting to me. This week alone, you saw three, four different clips. Of why I think he is going to succeed. I mean, I, I legitimately think he's going to succeed. And, you know, what's the definition of success? It'll be dependent on different people, I guess. But, I, you know, I don't think you're going to see a 40 interception season, a guy that gets benched in week three. I mean, you should hear some of the stuff I get, you know, from people that cover the team. I'm in the preseason game in the press box, you know, and I won't mention names, but. I mean, there's three people to the left and right of me. They were convinced Andy Dalton's going to start the season. No. And I, I, I no. you know what I mean? No. And one of the phrases was, no. he is who he is. And I'm like, well, who is he? And he's a guy that's just reckless with the football and throws interceptions. I'm like, okay. So, you know, and again, and this is a guy that's been to practice. This guy's been to every practice. And I just, you know, I, I guess you just have a certain – um, you know, uh, yeah, I, I know, I know, I, 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 I figure, I, I know who said it. It's, it's, it is what it is. Uh, let's circle yeah. back to Alvin Kamara for a moment. Um, you mentioned him earlier. I thought what he said yesterday. By the way, ESPN Lafayette best ticket in sports. Gus Cattengill, our guest pronola segment. I thought what he said yesterday was, um, just you know, uh, complete honesty about uh, the difference in the offenses. And him saying last year he felt like he was on an island because he was the focal point of defenses. And why wouldn't he be? I mean, what else were you working with last year? They traded for Mark Ingram midseason because they didn't have anything behind Kamara at running back. And yeah. your one, two, and three wide receivers are four, five, and six on the depth chart this year. 
I mean, mm-hmm. that's 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 different. Uh, um, he just, you know, and and then when you had all the injuries and then, you know, COVID kind of hit the team as well. And then Deontay Hardy was suspended late in the season. Like, of course, Kamara is going to be the focal point here. And, you know, in some ways he may still be, but if he is, that's going to open the door for everyone else that's talented, like a Michael Thomas, who, by the way, you know, even though he's been limited in practice and they're saying a will see thing, I, I fully expect him to see him out on the field Sunday. Um, I, I would, I would highly, think, I would highly think that he's going. To play. Yes, I, I, I agree. will just tell you that. I, no, I, exactly. I, I think, I think they're playing, playing it kind of. Well, we'll see. Like I, I expect yeah, him out there. He, he yeah. is absolutely playing. Um, and and you know, I, I just think, I think Camara having a mountain space, as you were talking about earlier in the segment, that's that's going to be a big, I think, focal point for Pete Carmichael and what he's going to try to do. Uh, with this offense. Eric McCoy signed a five-year extension. Well done. You needed him. We can all agree on that. I think when it came to Chauncey Gardner-Johnson, Eric McCoy, and Marcus Davenport, who's like like he normally does, has plenty of hype. We'll see if he can stay healthy. But I was asked a number of times in the offseason, between those three, if only one of them could get an extension, who would it be? I didn't hesitate every time to say Eric McCoy right away. I mean, He's one of the better centers in football. You got him in the second round, but he he has the talent of a first-rounder. He is reliable. He's consistent. You look at all the great seasons with the Saints in the 21st century, what did they all have in common? They all had a really strong offensive line. You can go back to, you know, even pre-21st century and, and look at the great Saints teams. And even the 2000 team, you know, great on the O-line, great. 2009, best O-line at football. 2010, 2000, best O-line at football. Um, they, they, I don't think they're going to have the best O-line at football this year. I think you and I would agree they're, that's one of the scary things, the depth there right now. It's, it's, it makes you a little nervous. But to lock up McCoy, I think he's earned it. I think it makes sense. And I don't, I don't know that it necessarily means Davenport will or won't be on the team beyond this season. I just know that in a vacuum – that was a guy that you had to extend, and I'm glad they got it done before the year. No, I mean, it makes sense, and especially, again, you just kind of look at the moves that the team has made since, right? I mean, you're looking at uh, them not um, moving Ruiz to center. And, you know, I mean, and, and so, you know, when, when you look at that, that is something that you, you, you think about. You know, they did move him to center, which is why they drafted him, supposedly. Um, so he, I guess, kept that spot last year. And then um, you heard the head coach this year say, look, that guy's done everything we wanted him to do, and he's shown what he can be and all of that. So, look, I, I think there's one thing that you brought up maybe even on Wednesday on our show that when the Saints have been successful, their offensive line has been key. They've been either pro bowlers, all pro, or getting new contracts. Well, this falls under at least getting a new contract, you know. Um, let's see how everybody else kind of steps up and does their part a little bit here. And obviously you're happy that at least the guy that started training camp and was probably penciled in for a second as your left tackle is at least healthy for Sunday, but you know, remember they they did draft in the first round a left tackle. So hopefully Trevor Penning's that guy that can do that. You saw some flashes. You saw what I think he can do. 
uh, especially in the run game. Um, so that eventually would be your guy, but that, that center part, that middle part of the offensive line is, is key. I think you're solid at right tackle. Ruiz is a guy that everyone has said this training camp has improved and gotten better. He himself says he's at the point where he's just going to play, not thinking as much. I think Pete has looked pretty good this training camp. He looks different. Um, and, again, I just go back to what I said earlier in the year when you were, you know, nervous. I said, look, I think Doug Marone is going to help. And you've heard his name a lot this week uh, about being able to really kind of help that offensive line and, and not just that, but philosophies and, and be that, that, that taskmaster, man. And he's, that's what he does, you know, and that's why I go back to that first practice. I remember talking to you about it, you know, like, who's that guy? Who's that guy who's going to again or, you know, just absolutely verbally tear down somebody for not having a good rep. That's him. And, um, and I think that's, that, that's going to help. I think that through the season, through the development of Penning, through the, still the development of Reese. I mean, these are young guys. These, this is a young line. And, you know, unlike I would say, Scott, which is remarkable when you consider the, the pounding and probably the physical toll that a body takes. But, you know, unlike, I guess, certain skill players, offensive linemen can play for a bit. So when you look at this offensive line, they're not very old. I mean, McCoy's not really that many years in. Ruiz early that many years in. Even Ramchek as well. I mean, I'd say Pete's the oldest, right? And then, you know, you have some of these other guys. So I'm interested to kind of see where this line goes because I agree with you. It, it, it is absolutely the focal point, man. If they can grow and turn into a good offensive line, the Saints are going to be really good. Yeah, if they it, can turn it takes into them from good to great. I, guys, yeah. Oh, yeah. It, it takes I the mean, team from good to great the if the area that we have a question mark of gets answered, and the answer to the question is, wow. Because, you know, when it comes to covering UL, LSU, and the Saints, I, 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 I said, look, they, they, have, they all have something in common. They all have a, a first-year head coach, um, not not the coach's first. In the coach, in the case of Coach Michael Desimo, it's his first time being a head coach at the college level. But they all have new head coach, right? Um, some were from to- somewhere totally different, like Brian Kelly. Some were promoted from within, like Coach Desimo or like Dennis Allen. Um, but the other thing they all have in common is a question mark on the O line, and you know Trevor Penning's injury hurt. Good look. I, I can admit I was wrong. I thought he'd definitely be done for the year. He has a chance to come back in November, so they got good news on that. But from a depth standpoint, you know, it's just it's a concern because when you look at the rest of the roster, I think for the Saints, other than depth at linebacker, you know, they they're, they're, they they appear to have some depth everywhere, uh, everywhere else, you know. And uh, with that, I, I'm kind of, look. I picked the Saints to win the division this year. I think they're going to be a good team. I think they're going to be in the playoffs. My Super Bowl pick was Bills Packers. Uh even though I uh, guess surprisingly didn't even have Green Bay winning their division. Uh but what is your uh, what is your Super Bowl prediction this year, Gus? And you have any bold predictions for the NFL as uh we are, you know, one game into it but plenty more football in front of us. I would say I have a lot of bold predictions in that I I could see well, I guess my bold prediction is we were talking about like MVPs and stuff. I think Allen makes sense. I think Herbert's going to be a guy that people will maybe start saying things about that. Again, kind of like the Bills, potentially. They made a ton of moves this offseason to solidify their defense, give him some weapons. They understand, Scott, as you've mentioned before, they, they got a hit 
with these um, you know, with this rookie contract. They they got to hit now before they pay him uh, a big time deal as well. So I think one of the things that you're going to see to me is how and who kind of steps up and lives up to you know whether it's hype or whatever it is. But I, I would say like Allen Herbert. And it was funny, we were kind of joking about who in the NFC you think would be an MVP candidate. And look, it's easy to say um, Rodgers, you know, Brady, and, and I don't. I, I just, I look at what Tampa has, and I speak to people all the time down there. Now, look, they can go out there and blow the doors off the Cowboys. But Brady just doesn't look right to me. And... You know, there's one thing I know in sports, you have to have health physically and mentally. And I don't know, you know, and I get he's the GOAT, and, you know, that guy can focus on the field. I get it. But if anything is remotely accurate or close to what people are suggesting, it has to do with his family and his marriage or his health. I've had some people suggest that, it's something, you know, he doesn't look right every time. I mean, a happy like wife, happy life, that. right, Gus? I mean, all well, the reports I mean, that she's that she's left the, as they put it, the compound uh, or yeah. or the I reports mean, that she left a vacation in the Bahamas and flew to Coast. I mean, there's, you know, she didn't want him to play football. Who knows? Whatever the reason is, but the guy's going through some personal you, stuff. It, it would affect you. Right? Uh, 100. I mean, if, if you Dude, home, how could if, it not? If you walked home, yeah, if you walked home and the Prather household was quiet, you were left with a dog. I mean, it was. This would be you opening the Great Scott Show. Hey, everybody. I mean, I, I don't know. I might. I might be looking for a different line. Well, listen, listen to me. If it had to do with my work, and that's why it was happening, which the report suggests, I I wouldn't come into work. No disrespect to this job or my employer, but if it was, hey, it's this job or us. Guess what, man? My family's first. They're coming first. You know what I mean? It's a hundred percent. And. You know, and that's the thing, and that's why I bring that up. You know, I'm not TMZ here. Um, I'm just bringing up the football side of it. That stuff affects you. And, you know, and look, here's the other thing that I find remarkable. And, and again, this isn't looking through it through black and gold glasses, but um, because your comments are justified, and, and they make sense. You and I have fun with them about Dennis Allen being able to hold the practice, can you know, Carmichael call a play. I mean, look, I get it. These are first time, you know, you have, you go to the past with Dennis. I, I get that. I never said that. Scott, ain't nobody saying that about Tampa. You know, I, I guess Byron Leftwich is, again, a Sean McVay play caller. I mean, you know, no one asks what kind of relationship does Tom Brady have with Byron Leftwich. I asked my Tampa Bay beat reporter guy last Friday, and he goes, well, I, I think the, the jury's still out. Well, that's a big jury. When you have that guy who has that kind of voice who walks in the room, is there a cohesiveness due to have an understanding? Um, how are they going to handle adversity when they're playing, say, the Saints in week two and they haven't scored but a field goal in the first half? Is there frustration? Is there a tablet that gets thrown? I mean, all of those things that you know screaming A is going to blow out of proportion. You get what I'm getting at? And the same thing with, you know, the head coach. I mean, Again, good storylines, that's great. No one is questioning whether this guy can lead the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. He's not Bruce Arians. He's not Bruce Arians. And, oh, by the way, if you believe the reports, Bruce Arians got forced out by Tom Brady. So 
how do you think that's going to go? And, and I mean, those are very big questions to me. So, Scott, I don't. I'm not even. I'm not even thinking Tampa makes the playoffs. I, I legitimately feel that this year. I, I just there's something about that vibe and look. You think it's going to go that bad? It talent. might. Listen, well, I, well, I I I have them in the playoffs, but but barely. Um, right, I well. do. I like uh, the other thing is, Ali Marpet re- retiring. Like when he was out. For a period of time, the, the, the Tampa Bay offense looked awful. And I think with Tom yeah. Brady, all right, he's the GOAT, he's this, he's that. I mean, he, the, guys, the guys got the stats, you know, and the gates, whatever. But the thing about Brady is when he gets pressure from the middle, from the inside, he's a different yeah. quarterback. And I think if you watch the Saints regular season matchups against Tampa, you can see it. When he has time... I mean, he's he's as good as there is Still ever. As good Still as there is ever. Good. His arm has gotten stronger somehow at 45, somehow. Um, but it's like, with, with Marpet retiring, that was low-key one of those things where I was like, this is a gigantic story for the Bucks. That's, you know, I, I, I'm trying to think of like a comp for the Saints, but, you know, if it was just Ryan Ramchek's retiring. Like, wait, what? And and I don't know who they're going to play at right tackle. That would be, but that would be like, a solid like, because he, you would what? say, yeah, you would say he's their best guy. And I know, yeah. I know that, he that he's not on the inside. He's on the, but the point is, you're talking about losing uh, that big of a piece to the old line when it comes to specifically Tom Brady. Like that's that's yeah. huge. And Tristan Wirfs is 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 great player. Um, he got hurt in yeah. the preseason, and he's 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 on schedule to play this week. But he's beginning the yeah. season on the injury report. It's. Yeah, yeah, man. I, and, and Scott, and Scott, Scott, don't forget they lost the starting guard and also their starting center. Something feels off. Jensen. Something feels off. I, I mean, I'm, team, I'm right? just saying. If I guess you understand what I'm getting at, like if we were talking about Scott, Eric McCoy is done for the year. You know, Pete Ruiz is done. Oh, the Saints are good. The, the Saints, the Saints are going to at best be nine and eight or eight and nine if you lost okay. all of that. At exactly. Best. And they're talking about Tampa being a Super Bowl contender. No, they're not. They're not going. No, to I mean no. I understand your respect, comes, but again, I, there's just something about it, and there's too many people that cover that team, and and that's why you and I have always said that you you look to beat reporters, right? You ask them because they can tell you certain things without saying certain things based off of. What they see, hear, and feel, and what do they and all say? No way uh, you're telling me. a little off. Yeah. Yep, exactly. There's just something about the way Tom looks and speaks, and you know, it, it's not the rah-rah messaging thing, right? The last three things this guy has said is, you know, I got a lot of bleep going on, or you know, life is different now. I mean, he sounds like a philosopher, in, you know, retrospectively looking at what other things off the football field is. And, you know, again, not making a comparison, not at all saying that that's what it was, but Drew sounded different towards the end of his years, right? Than when he was here, he spoke a lot more about his kids and family and spending time and, you know, spoke about the beginning of the season. I have a date. I know what day in mind. Like when you don't have stuff on your head, other than the task, I think it's one of the costs, right? I know you used to say this to me, uh, and we've had that discussion on your show before about the cost of being a pro athlete, your body, your toll, your lack of seeing your family, all those different things, you know, but that's, that comes with the cost. And part of the cost, I think, is 
you know, that, that is your focus. And that's why I go back to those clips in the podcast with Mark Ingram and Cam Jordan, hearing Jameis Winston say, tuning all that out that comes with it, the, you know, opportunities and the people that want to hang out with you. And all, he's like, and it's just about Lombardi. Like, that's what I'm saying. Unfortunately, that's what you have to do. And it, it is your life. And now, you know, you can be grounded. And I think getting married and having a kid for James, I think, helped him. But you can see, I mean, I, I was joking that the guy don't think eats dinner or, you know, I can hear his wife going, James. Dinner's, dinner's on the table, man. Because I felt like every day in the offseason, there was a video of him in the backyard. You know, he's out of high school. He's out of house. Like, all he was doing well, was getting ready for the season. And, you know, I put on Tom right now, and it's everything but. And I hear him say, hey, I mean, yesterday, the, 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 the bite that I played on the show was him talking about the offensive line. He goes, well, if they don't do their job, somebody, somebody's health is on the line. He's talking about himself. Like, he's already doubting. You know, he's already, like, listened to that answer as opposed to what I think I've heard in the past from him is, you know, hey, we got a game plan. We'll take care of these guys. These guys are here for a reason. You get what I'm saying? It's, it's he how also, you answer. He's already looking yeah. at it from a different point of view already, if that makes sense. Speaking of looking at, when you look at him, he looks like Gozer from Ghostbusters. Like, Dude, he, he, there's something, he looks like he there's is something off, a man. lot of ways. No, there's something dude, off. There is, man. It, and, you know, and I know people are saying it's the, you know, plastic. No, I, I'm telling maybe you. Maybe a little Botox. Gone. Maybe. I don't know. You know well, maybe, I maybe hear little, you. He maybe looks gone. Whatever it is. But the whole reason of all of this was um, about, like, you know, I could say Brady, Rogers, all that, friendly, you know, that Peter King put the Saints as the one seed. And if the Saints... Okay, and I said 10-11 wins, wins the division, right? He has them at 12-5, and five, which is with one more win, Scott. If the Saints are the one seed, Jameis Winston's going to be an MVP candidate. I mean, it, he is. He's going to be. He'll be third. You know, I like they always list the one, two, three. Um, but, you know, somebody out of the NFC yeah. will be a candidate. But the right? AFC so, will have the, the actual MVP so win. But, but whoever, the, whoever the, the, the best record is in the NFC, they'll probably just put someone from the 100%. team in the conversation. And, and, and along those lines, Dennis Allen will be spoken about as a yeah. Coach of the Year candidate. Again, not saying they're winning, but the NFC's what Peter open. King the said NFC's happens, open. Right. The NFC's open. And they're me... the one seed. Those two guys could be your surprises, I guess, in those things. As far as Super Bowl goes, wise man, um, dude, I'm with you. I, I think the Bills could be a tough. Chargers again have a team that's sort of stacked like that. Yep. They'll always be a yep. surprise team there. Any the NFC? And I just give you like the NFC Championship game, I guess. You know, I I could see, um, man, I I honestly, I just you know, not being a home. I, I why not the Saints, dude? You so know, that's your pick, honestly. Bill Saints. This year, why, why? I mean, dude, well, you open the conversation I mean, saying not? you think next year, but now you're saying yeah. this year. No, I, I, I'm just look, man. I mean, I get everybody's trying to tell me the Eagles are the greatest team in. No, you know, no, I, I have them winning the division. I don't think the Eagles are sure, are the Super Bowl, right? You know, no. so let's see. I guess from that aspect of it, maybe Saints Eagles NFC Championship game, another another postseason meeting and matchup there. Look, the, the Cowboys. Who God, it feels you know almost disgusting. You have to root for them this weekend. 
But um, they're already struggling with some offensive line issues. Yeah, no, they're not going to. The, they're not even making the playoffs so, this year. Dallas you know, has big look, problems. Taylor Murray and the Cardinals. Do you trust them? They they what, what was it seven and 8 and to start the season last year. So I mean, they're good, and they got a guy that, that can make plays. So. I don't know. Um, the Packers aren't as good as they were last year. The Vikings are, are, no are a really, really sneaky team to keep an eye on. Um, they are, Scott. I, I hear I hear a lot of people talking about them as, um, you know. It's just Kirk it's Cousins just what, thing. look, when when the water starts boiling, Kirk Cousins isn't at his best. I mean, that's the reality. We all, <laughs> we all make Kirk Cousins jokes. The one time he did, you know, jump out of the boiling water, it seems like, was in a playoff game in New Orleans when he beat the Saints. Look at oh, Kirk Cousins. Look, well, no, no. Look, look at his. Look at the, the problem. I'm just saying that's the only time. Most of the time, no, when no, the no, guy's no, no. in a big I, moment, I, he, he's he's I'm not good. That was his greatest moment. It was other than his moment with Washington. Of how you guys like that? Now, that how you like? How do you, you, know, you like moment. that? You like that? The problem yeah. with and, but look uh, at Kirk Cousins' numbers from a season uh, ago. Just go look them up. I don't have them off the top of my head, I but know. it's over 4,400 yards, 33 touchdowns, seven interceptions. I mean, as much as we make fun of him. I, I promise you, who, name, give me a single Saints fan. You, I would sign off on that. If that was Jameis Winston's numbers this year, I would sign oh, off of it 100%, in a second. 100%. In a second. So the Vikings are a team you got to keep an eye on. Green Bay, it feels okay. like they're going to struggle like a, somewhat during the season, and yet you know, they can get into the playoffs as a road team. They're actually more equipped to play indoors and not right. in the cold. And it, it almost seems like it would be better for them. Then they're the one seed they're going to somehow disappoint at Lambeau again. Green Bay feels the team to me. They they get in as a wild card, and then they run the table. The one time they won a Super Bowl with Aaron Rodgers, they were a sixth seed. It's kind of, I, right. The NFC, though, we can you, you can you can talk yourself into like six different teams possibly well, getting to the and, Super Bowl. And here's the other thing uh, as I get on out of here, Scott, is it's simple. It's, uh, that game still goes down as one of the most baffling coaching jobs of Sean Payton's career. The game plan of that game still to this day is dumbfounding. That Minnesota Vikings game. I mean, I, 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 it, it, it was, Dumbfounding. The, the amount of times I've had conversations with Ed Daniels or other reporters here of how they just got beat one-on-one offensive game plan was like, did you guys even practice? I mean, it was almost like they looked ahead. I, I It was to this day, man, Sean's legacy is, is an interesting one, man. Obviously, Super Bowl, the highs, but my goodness, because sometimes he coached incredible games. And then he'd have a game where you're like, what just happened? You know, it's like, just to me, classic overthinking the room, you know? I mean, I, there's some games, man, where you're like, that's probably his greatest coaching game. He, he did it this last year. I thought one of those games last year was his greatest coaching job, you know, ever. And then you'll have a game where you're like, huh? What are you doing? You know? but, um, what are you doing? Yeah. yeah that's, that's a game, dude. I'm like, they had no business losing to Minnesota at home. Gus Cangale has been our guest at GCAT underscore one seven on Twitter, host of the Sports Hangover weekdays, noon to three, ESPN 100.3 in New Orleans, friend of the program, friend of mine. Gus, I'm just glad we get real, actual, regular season NFL football yeah. to talk about. Looking forward to next week, my friend. All the best. Have a great weekend, and we'll talk to you soon. You too, man. Always a pleasure. Take care, guys. You have a good weekend. You got it. That is the man himself, Gus Cangale. We'll take a